to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ with author and wealth manager Chris Herline. Join the conversation. Call or text now at 512-836-0590. Now, here's your host, Chris Herline. Welcome to the program, everyone. 11.04 on this Saturday morning. Thanks for making this part of your weekend. I am live with you today, and you can text and call with your question, 512-836-0590. Whether it's IRAs, 401Ks, Social Security, Medicare, taxes, and more, look forward to addressing those with you today. Also, you can uh, visit us at wealthradio.com. Click on the microphone button there and leave uh, your questions in real time. We'll uh, get to several of those today. And uh, we got a full agenda. We, we really do. There's uh, so much going on economically, politically, and, um, you know, we'll just cut right to it. When we think about what's transpired the last five days in the market, uh, it's been a wild ride. And, and a big reason for this, I'm sure most of you have heard this week, uh, particularly on this station, uh, we've had some significant bank failures. Um, SVB started the party, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, 16th largest bank um, failing. Uh, we, we haven't seen this type of stuff since 08, and so that's where our heads go, right? We, we go right to 2008 and uh, you know the financial crisis, but the interesting thing is is that the markets although very volatile this week, um, they did a lot of different things than what you would think they would do traditionally. Um, you know, we saw a run-up in gold value. We saw a significant run-up in Bitcoin value. I mean, they, they, these are things that, you know, historically you would think would be going the other direction. But, you know, during this last week, we had both Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank they were taken over by the uh, FDIC. And I think those failures are likely only the beginning. Uh, the Federal Reserve made two rapid changes in monetary policy over the last few years. And, and you know, if we go back just a couple years, like I mentioned, during the, the early years of pandemic, um, the Fed was engaging in just, just historically aggressive quantitative easing. They were purchasing most of the bonds that the, the U.S. Treasury issued. They were purchasing mortgages and, and other securities. So you look at the fiscal stimulus, right? And then the money from these purchases, um, they, they, they brought interest rates down to near zero. Um, it, it was just a, it was an incredible time the last couple of years. I mean, money was essentially free. And by doing all these things, it supported the prices of stocks. It supported the prices of, of many assets. It allowed households like you to, to spend a lot of money. And then the reckoning came last year in 2022 when inflation that the Fed said was transitory, well, it really took hold. And then we've seen the Fed implement a policy of raising interest rates. Perhaps the, the, the fastest tightening in monetary policy ever. In fact, the highest interest rate increase in 40 years. In fact, the highest inflationary increase in 40 years. But before 2022, a lot of people and businesses structured their, their affairs, their, their businesses, in a way that they just thought that easy money, 
high levels of liquidity and low interest rates were gonna just continue forever. And a lot of people didn't or couldn't reverse those policies in this last year once the Fed began tightening. So Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank were among those that didn't change. The owners, the employees of those banks, they've, they've paid the price in this last week. But they're probably, th th this is probably not the end of it. And you see a lot of news headlines this week talking about it, but the big questions for investors is whether the defaults and failures, can they be contained? No one is gonna be able to tell you, at least today, how this thing's gonna play out. There's, there's no way around it. However, it's got a lot of investors and those of you that have cash at the banks wondering how safe your money is. And we've got an FDIC that you see that little sticker on the glass door at the bank or in the window and it makes you feel good, right? When looking at the FDIC's summary this last week, we, we, we see that the let me put it this way. There's, there's over 10 trillion in deposits. Okay. Over 10 trillion. And as of last week, the FDIC reserves had about $126 billion. That's, that's 1.27% in reserves for the amount of deposits. So that warm and fuzzy, it's, uh, it's not as much there when you hear the raw data. But the FDIC has been around a long time. And in the case of Silicon Valley Bank, the majority of customers had more than $250,000 deposit in the banks. It was like 3%. 3% of accounts at SVB were 250 or under. Like, so that, there, there's a huge situation there. But in this case of this failure, the US government is gonna waive the deposit cap and all depositors are gonna get their money back so that the tech companies can pay their bills and payrolls. But what does this mean for everybody else? Because with the reserves I'm talking about, if banks start falling like dominoes, there's not gonna be enough in the reserves. And in 08, a lot of the banks got bailed out but that wasn't during a period where the Fed was trying to tighten and tame historic inflation. The Fed is slowing down on printing money. In 08, they started printing money to support the markets. So it's just a really, it's a different period in history right now. There's no, there's no way around it. But all this to say, is the way that you hedge is by truly diversifying. If you have over $250,000 at your bank, money market CDs, checkings, then you may want to consider spreading it out across multiple banks. We've seen a large run on regional banks just this week. People are moving into larger banks, the big names, I'm not suggesting you need to do that. I'm just saying, when you look at what has happened this week, it may be prudent for those of you with over that amount of money, the 250, to spread it out. 
And it's probably a good time to do more due diligence on the bank and their ratings. So when it comes to this environment with volatility, with the idea that we've got, you know, stock markets that are up one day and down the next, we've got bonds that, you know, have really taken a beating in the last 14 months. It's like families really are struggling to know how to at least protect their money. Protect their money, not, not only just, you know, get it earning a little rate of return, but protect their money. And the way that you can best do that is to truly diversify. And you've got to be careful because there's a lot of commercials and a lot of things you're hearing on radio TV that say, hey, why don't we put everything in real estate? Why don't we put everything in gold, metals? These can be great asset classes. Historically, real estate, metals can be um, a safe haven if the dollar goes to zero, but you got to consider you don't want everything in one basket. True diversification is the best way we hedge against future volatility. 512-836-0590. You can text your questions today. I've got a lot to cover. We're going to talk about ways many successful families are invested and positioned to weather what's going on politically and economically. I'm going to talk about some strategies that many of you may have not considered. We're going to talk about ways to mitigate taxes here in 2023 on your retirement accounts and your investment savings and a whole lot more. 512-836-0590. We'll get, some, uh, get to some calls on the other side of the break. Keep it right here. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show. Go to WealthRadio.com and subscribe to have it delivered right to your inbox. Now, back to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ with Chris Herline. Welcome back. I'm Chris Herline of Reap Financial right here in Austin, Texas, and uh, glad to be with you today. It is 1117. I am live with you. You can submit your questions in real time. Text me. 512-836-0590, or you can call as well, whether it's IRAs, 401Ks, Social Security, Medicare, taxes, and more. We'll look forward to covering those with you today. Um, you know, just before the break, we were talking about, you know, the changes that we've seen in the economic environment in just the last, you know, 14 months. Um, you know, the stock market has been very volatile, and, and families are looking for solutions. The good news about interest rates going up is that for the first time in many, many, many years, we're seeing bank rates that seem attractive. When I say seem attractive, 3.84% on money markets and, and CDs. Um, you know, again, when you're in a period of time where inflation's running 6%, um, you can't have dead money. You have to at least have the money breaking a sweat to some extent. And when you think about diversification um, and spreading your assets out, you know, you need to have some stability, particularly you retirees, those of you living on your portfolio, you got to have some of this in retirement. 
You really do. I mean, unless you're blessed, you got pensions and you couple that with social security, maybe some rental income and you're one of the few that don't need to touch your portfolio, that's, that, that could be a different story. But for the majority of Americans, your nest egg has been built so that you can maintain your lifestyle and draw off of it each and every year. I get it. So in this type of environment, it, with the prices increasing and with the stock market not cooperating, a lot of families are wondering, hey, if I'm retired at this point, you know, how much can I be drawing out of my retirement funds? What, what account should I be hitting? We got a call from Laura here. I want to take this real quick. Hi, Chris. My name is Laura, and I was wondering, with the prices of everything going up and the stock market is just going down, I'm worried about how I can withdraw from my portfolio and, and what I've saved without taking a loss and, and cashing in these losses just to pay for my grocery bill. We thank you for the call, Laura. You can submit your questions in real time as well at wealthradio.com, just as like Laura did. You know, I talked about this. It's, it's about having a diversified portfolio and, and with your risk assets in volatile markets, you want your money making money. And that sounds easier than it is in many cases, but there are types of investments, uh, there are types of equities, stocks that are going to pay you dividends and you're going to get paid whether the market's up or down. Now those dividends may not, you know, compete or, you know, totally keep the portfolio buoyant if the market is, you know, in decline, but your money is working for you. And so the ideal is to have investments in retirement that you can scrape the interest, dividends, stocks, CDs, MIGAs, a number of things, and not touch principal as best you can. So when you, when you think about having to sell in your portfolio in a down market, Laura, this is why you want to have a, uh, a cash position or a stable value position that you can pull from as a contingency when equities are in decline. It's, it's really tough psychologically uh, to, to sell when markets are down. So having a nice reserve, maybe you're not pulling 100% out of the reserve, but you're pulling some out to help mitigate the drawdown on the assets that may be exposed to fluctuation. So that's one of many ways to bring stability. I also want to go to the phone lines here. We got Steve calling in. Hey, Steve, welcome to the program. Great show, Chris. I appreciate your time. Uh, my question is on the FDIC uh, limits, how's that, if you got multiple accounts at the same bank, is it a cumulative amount up to 250? And what if you got a joint account. Does that increase these limits? Great question. Great question. One everybody's thinking right now. You know, we, we see joint accounts with, with spouses, right? If, if, if you both have equal access and equal withdrawal rights on the account, then that account is insured 250 per person. So if you had a joint with equal rights, You'd, you'd be covered up to 500,000 in a joint account. And it's 250 per person per bank, not per account. I always like to be very clear that it's, it's not per account. It's, you need to have multiple institutions that each have their $250,000 limit. So for those of you that are, are heavy in cash or you just, you like a nice reserve well above the 250, please be considering spreading it out right now. Thank you for that call, Steve. Great stuff. 
And uh, we're going to take a few more calls here, but I, I want to get into a strategy that, um, again, many, many people uh, you may have not heard of. And, and right now, bank CDs are, are very attractive. Um, they are. Uh, considering, you know, volatility. Now, the argument I, I'm always going to get is, well, Chris, at four, four and a half, that's not keeping up with inflation. Okay, true. But if we're anticipating inflation at four to six percent, and this is our forecast at Reap Financial, four to six percent over the next three to five years, if that's the case, you've got to at least get it in something that is going to try to compete with inflation. The, the, the thing about stock market losses that we've seen is the stock market loss, it's not a loss until you sell. And a lot of you have been in this, this game a long time and you understand that the markets will come back. They will come back if history repeats itself and they'll likely come back in a lot more. Now, when we talk about an inflationary loss, that is a permanent loss. We have the opportunity to consult with a lot of people, my team of advisors and myself. And last year during this inflationary period, I was talking with a gentleman that felt really good. He had, a, he had about a million dollars in cash, something like that at the bank. And I said, you know, you, you've lost about $80,000 this year, silently. How do you get that back? You don't have an equity that you own shares in that's going to swing back. It's a different type of loss. And the thing about inflation is it doesn't, it doesn't just make you broke overnight. But over years, it'll make your lifestyle broke because it's sneaky. And so CDs, bank money markets, are more attractive than they were even 14 months ago when they were paying literally nothing. In fact, I thought it would be years and years until we saw bank CDs at four and potentially five. But it's come with this historic interest rate increase. Now, there's a type of annuity strategy out there. And when you hear annuities, I mean, many of you may have them, but there's a lot of different types. And the landscape can be very confusing. But the type that many successful families are using today are called multi-year guarantee annuities, M-Y-G-A multi-year guarantee annuities. And I want you to do your research on these. You can do that at mygarate.com. It's M-Y-G-A rate, mygarate.com. Got a great website put together for our listeners that you can educate yourself on how these things work. We've got a great MIGA guide and webinar that you can view there. But MIGAs are administered by A-rated insurance companies. And these companies historically pay higher yields than CDs. Now, when we look at a MIGA today at a three-year or a four-year or a five-year term, well, three years, MIGAs are paying about five and a half. Five years, MIGAs are paying about 5.6. So now we're getting closer to the current inflation that we're seeing right now. We're not all the way there, but hopefully as interest rates stay high or potentially more than likely are going to continue to go up, hopefully inflation's coming down and potentially we may be, be able to get rates that are above inflation. 
Now, a CD comes in a one and can come in a three and a five-year jumbo you know, uh, uh, duration. And the same is true of Amiga. And the nice thing about Amiga is that they grow tax-deferred. The thing that drives me crazy about CDs and even these money market rates today is if you, if you have money parked in there, you're going to get a 1099 at the end of the year. You're paying tax on money you're not even using. With Amiga, it grows tax-deferred, kind of like your IRA or your 401k. And you don't pay tax on it until you're ready to pull the money out. So you've got a tax benefit. MIGAs are litigation-proof. Okay, so in the event of litigation, that's off the balance sheet. MIGAs pass around probate when you leave them to your heirs. So there are some, there are some additional benefits that MIGAs come with. And then the counter is, well, how much do you pay for a MIGA? How much are the fees in a MIGA? Well, let me ask you, when do you pay a fee on a bank CD? You walk into the branch, you give them a couple hundred thousand dollars. Are you paying a fee? No. They're working with your money. You give up interest or a fee, if you want to call it that, if you cash it out early. The same is true with the MIGA. MIGAs generally are not going to have any sort of fees associated unless you cash out early. So pros and cons. Liquidity. If you tie it up in a bank CD or MIGA, you, you don't have access to it. So you need to be prudent with the amount that you're going to put in here and have a plan. So maybe you've got a hundred or a couple hundred thousand in money markets, fully liquid, and maybe you want to go a little bit longer term, three, four, or five year, and try to get a more competitive rate at five and a half, five point six percent. But I encourage you, I really do, go to mygarate.com, mygarate.com, and essentially they are acting as the stable portion of many of our investors' portfolio today. Because the money is not going anywhere. It's not subject to the market. It's not subject to the volatility in the market. And you can access interest throughout the years as part of your income stream if you're already in retirement. Or just let them interest stay in there and continue to compound for you. MigaRate.com. I've, I've been saying it. MIGAs are making yield great again. They really are. And when we can get above 6% on MIGAs, if the Fed keeps moving up, that, that's going to be a different day. I think that psychologically is when people are going to go, wait a second, I can get 6 and not get hurt? Now, again, you still need to have equity exposure. You still should have some real estate exposure. Like I said in our first segment, you got to spread things out because we do not know what risk lie ahead. You don't want all the eggs in one basket. I'm Chris Herline. This is Wealth Radio. I am live with you today. It's 11 29, getting ready to go to the news break. Call me now or text your questions, 512-836-0590. I'll be right back. Live, local, and independent. This is WealthRadio.com with Chris Herline. Join the conversation. Call or text now at 512-836-0590. Now, back to Chris. Chris Herline of Reed Financial. Just a pleasure to be with you today. 11.33 a.m. I am live. And you can text or dial in with your questions around anything we've discussed today. IRAs, 401ks. I was just talking about the MIGAs, uh, CDs, and all sorts of things. Uh, 
Dial in now, 512-836-0590. We had some text questions come in as well I want to get to. Um, Chris, uh, good morning. Listening to your show. My wife and I own our own business and uh, have a corporate account at a large national bank. We're cash heavy, high six figures, looking to diversify into funds with brokerage CDs that are FDIC insured. I, I really uh, appreciate that uh, and, and the engagement here because I, I said earlier, you know, I think if, if you've got this amount of cash in the bank, you really need to be doing some due diligence in uh, looking at spreading things out across many different banks. I just think that's the prudent thing to do right now. I'm not trying to fear monger. Um, I hope that the bank failure we saw in the last uh, week is, is contained. Um, but if the dominoes fall, uh, you want to be spread out and you want to be at banks that are highly rated and there's uh you can easily um uh, get online and you know go to weiss ratings and and look at the uh, different institutions out there and you know you don't have to necessarily have it you know local i mean a lot of the top banks may not be you know down the street from you so in today's world i mean you can transfer things in and out pretty easily but what i would recommend is looking at probably array of um, money markets and maybe short-term CDs, depending on when, you know, when you need access to this money. Um, you know, three and, and six-month CDs, uh, it's, it's wild to think, but you, know, you can get 5% on a three and six-month CD today if, if you wanted to go a little bit further, maybe ladder it out a little bit. You know, one-year CDs, 5.25, 18-month CDs around the same. Um, you know, three year, you're looking at about 5.5, you know, the MIGAs, the multi-year guarantee annuities that are, um, those are at three year and five year terms. You know, those are paying anywhere from 5.6 to 5.83%. I just checked rates as of yesterday, 5.83% on a, on a five year MIGA. So laddering these things may be a strategy. Definitely keep, you know, plenty of liquidity for your, your business and operational needs. Uh, but, um, I, you know, again, diversification, name of the game. Had another question come in, $100,000 CD. What kind of uh, interest would you pull and how long would you have to leave it? Well, it, it, the CD rates are going to generally depend on the bank, the issuer, obviously, and then, and then the duration. Typic typically, the longer duration, the better the rate. What's interesting is what I'm seeing is when you get past five-year MIGAs, uh, when you get past the, th the, the three to five range in CDs, many banks and many insurance companies that issue these MIGAs, they're, they're not going higher than the five-year. In fact, they're, some, some of the carriers are actually going lower. And you're like, well, why is that? They're going to work with my money longer. It's because they don't know what the heck interest rates are going to do. And if the Fed pauses or starts tapering next week, which we don't think will be the case, but that, that, if that does happen, uh, well, then they're stuck paying a, a yield that maybe they're going to be losing money on. So I'm recommending to our, our successful families at Refinancial, you, you, you're going to stay in the 12-month, three-year, five-year range at the most is what I recommend. I mean, we, we do have some families that, that just say, hey, I want to walk in uh, 5.6, 5.7 for you know, seven, 10 years. Uh, we, we've done a lot of that work already this year and, you know, to each their own. It's a very competitive rate. I think it'll, uh, it'll stay in the realm of what we expect inflation to be, 4 and 6% over the next uh, three to five years. 
But again, just keep, you know, keep an idea of the liquidity you need. Um, you know, we've got a lot of families that use the MIGAs as that kind of the bond proxy in the portfolio. They, they, they like the stability. You got a, a $2 million portfolio and you got 500, 600 in a MIGA that's, you know, making money last year when the, the, the market wasn't. Um, you've got some real estate that's, you know, bringing some stability and maybe generating some income or uh, some dividends. I mean, again, there's, there's ways in this environment that you can be making interest. Now, I mean, thank God interest rates went up from the standpoint of a, uh, you know, a volatile market. You know, you look at, uh, you know, most of the market last year when it comes to equities and, and bonds and, and even metals really didn't, I mean, nothing was working. Um, and so interest rates going up are at least giving retirees, pre-retiree investors, or people that just want to, you know, be a little more conservative in this in this area, just uh, an opportunity to to at least keep up a little bit. So, thank you for those questions. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. You can call in or text. And I just want to tell you one more time: you can go to mygarate.com. M Y G A mygarate.com to get our MIGA guide and get some more information on how those MIGAs may fit into your portfolio. So I want to get to another caller here. We've got uh, a call coming in from Charlie. I keep hearing on the news that taxes are at historically low rates now, and I'm worried if the current inflation persists and taxes are higher in the future, I won't be able to maintain my lifestyle. Is there anything? I can do to plan now to better prepare against taxes costing me my retirement? That's a great question, Charlie, that came in on our site, wealthradio.com. You can submit your questions there. Just click that microphone button, just like Charlie did, and uh, send those over to me. Charlie, I love that you're thinking about taxes in the future. Uh, most of us, you know, it's tax season right now. We've dropped our docs at the CPA. We're waiting for the call of how much we owe or how much we're getting back. And then the conversation is going to be, oh, is there any last minute things I can do before we file to save in taxes, right? That's, that is a reactive approach, but it's, it's just the way we're wired. Charlie, when you're thinking proactively, you're thinking about what tax rates could be, you know, five and 10 years from now. And, and it's true. Um, tax rates haven't been this low. They haven't been this long in 40 years. And they're already set to go up. They're, the, the, these rates are going to sunset, and they're going to go back up to where they were pre-Trump. They, they sunset in 2026. So it's already written in that it's likely going to go up. This has been an amazing time, an amazing time in our country when it comes to tax rates. And you consider the last couple of years where interest rates have been at near, near zero. Money was free. I mean, I was on this program. I was on KXAN. I mean, I, I've been shouting from the rooftops. This is a golden time. What are you doing with it? And one of the things that our successful families have been doing, Charlie, we, we've been coordinating and planning for them is, well, Roth conversions. Roth conversions are one of the best ways to get control of your taxes in retirement because the money is not subject to required distribution when you get in your 70s. It's not going to be taxable. It's off the books. But it's the control that you want. I like the idea that your Roth grows tax-free, but it's the control 
and the control is what a lot of people lose when they get to their 70s because the government forces you to pull money out of your biggest accounts, your IRAs and 401ks. And so taking advantage of Roth conversions right now, when tax rates are at historic lows and we know when they're gonna go back up in 2026, we've got a lot of families doing large Roth conversions the last couple of years, likely into this year, while tax rates are still low. now. You know, another part of his question was, you know, how do I keep taxes from costing me my retirement? Well, let, let me just give you an example as a, to, to one of the concerns you, you really need to be in front of. Um, if you're pulling out, call it $7,000 a month out of your retirement. I'm just pulling a number. 7000 a month. Well, that's not at the end of the year what's hitting your bank. Because you've got to pay taxes on that money if it's coming out of your IRAs and 401ks, right? So if your budget is $5,500 a month, then you're likely pulling $7,000 out every month to net your $5,500. If you need ten dollars a month to maintain your standard of living, you're likely pulling out about $12,500 a month. So what taxes do is it forces you to pull more money out every single month in retirement to net your budgetary number. And so if today your budget's 5,500 and you're pulling seven grand out to net your 55 and taxes go up, well, even if your lifestyle is staying the same and tax rates go up, you may have to pull out 7,300 or 7,500 to net your 5,500. And so the drawdown on your assets happens all that much quicker. Another thing to think about is most of you are gonna have social security and those benefits are your dollars that you've paid in for a lot of years. And most people are gonna pay tax on their social security, 85% of 85% of your benefit is taxable. Very few people out there, very few, pay no tax on Social Security. Like, you got to be poverty level. Half of your benefit counts towards the income threshold. It's very, very low. It's like 25000 for single filers, 30, I think 32000 for married. Like your income's gotta be under that to not pay tax on social. But here's the point. When you pull money out of your IRAs and 401ks, 100% of it is taxable if they're traditional IRAs, 401ks. 100% taxable is income. Your social security, 85% of it's taxed. So there's a delta there of 15%. You're paying 15% less tax on your social security dollars. So this is something that, that most people don't talk about. When you, when you put together a withdrawal strategy in your retirement plan, most people are just thinking about, okay, I'm gonna pull this much out and I'm gonna make an average return of X and hopefully I can maintain that. That's, that's typically where the conversation starts. No, 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 no. We gotta start with a withdrawal strategy that's looking through the tax lens first. What accounts can I pull from in the most tax efficient way. You know, 
If you've got cash and you've got CDs, you've got money markets, you've got brokerage accounts, you've got Roth IRAs and 401ks, a lot of that money is taxed a lot differently than one another. And so you have options in this example to have better control of your tax bracket. But see, you need to coordinate a plan that you're drawing from multiple accounts and you're doing so in a way to ensure that you're not going to draw from one too early in retirement. You don't want to exhaust one too soon in many cases because then you start losing control. So one of the best ways to ensure that taxes don't get in the way of your retirement success is to proactively have an income plan, proactively have an investment plan that is tax efficient. I encourage many people to just look at your tax return and look at the area on that return that shows you what your interest is, what your ordinary and your qualified dividends are. Look at those three things, those three line items. And you're going to have ordinary dividends, you're going to have qualified dividends. One's taxed as income, one is taxed as capital gains. Well, we like the favorable capital gains more so than the income. How much money is shown up on those line items? Most of you don't know. Most of you, you, you've got a lot of money in brokerage or money, a lot of money in cash, and you're, you're potentially paying tax on money you're not using. And this is one of those things that can be easily adjusted. We want you to invest in a very tax-efficient way. And when you compound these things I'm talking about, when you compound these things over 7, 10, 15, 20 years of retirement, this is how the most successful investors out there are keeping their wealth via taxes. It doesn't happen by accident. What I want you to do is get a copy of my updated report for 2023. It's called Financial Portfolio Planning. I want you to design your fiscal house to weather the elements that we're facing right now. Email me right now, retire at reapfinancial.com. Retire at reapfinancial.com. My team will have it on its way to your inbox. We've got a lot more questions coming in. I'm going to take a quick break. Be right back with you. Are you retired or retiring soon? You can now personally work with Chris Herline and his team of fiduciary advisors. Book your consultation today. Call 512-249-7300. Now, back to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ. Welcome back. Chris Herline of Reap Financial. It's 11.51 here on Saturday, and I'm so thankful you're making us part of your weekend here on KLBJ. And uh, had a lot of great questions come in here this hour, and I uh, want to get to a few more of those. You can call or text with your questions today as well around all the topics I've discussed or anything else. 512-836-0590 had a great question come in. Chris, when making partial conversions from IRAs to Roth each year, is there any benefit to selecting which and how much of a fund or ETF is converted first? For example, best to convert low performers versus high performers or just similar amounts from each, only converting about 35000 a year. Great question. Absolutely there is. There's two, two things to really consider walking into this thing. Number one is generally we'd like to see your best performers or maybe most aggressive positions in the Roth. Why? 
because we want the best opportunity for maximum growth because every dollar earned in that max growth is tax-free forever. We want those broths as big and as bold as possible. However, when you're converting, you got to pay tax. And so let me tell you what the silver lining is right now. When you look at your IRAs, your 401ks, and I don't know if you're down five or seven or 40%, no matter where you're at, things are at a great discount potentially from where they were into 2021. They're lower. But for a lot of you, you still have the same number of shares. They just have declined in value. Well, the silver lining is you can convert those shares at a discount. Could be a five or seven or 20 or 40% discount. So in the example around this question that came in, you want to likely look at things that are declined the most and then consider what the chances are for their growth when this market turns around and starts cooperating. I would be looking to convert things that have lost the most value. As long as they have great potential of turning around when we move into a new bull market cycle. If they're not going to turn around, don't, don't pay the tax. You may want to consult with your CPA or fiduciary advisor on, you know, your best move there, but absolutely be looking to potentially convert some things this year if things are depressed. Now, one other thing I'll say is that, you know, a lot of families are considering larger conversions right now than they have in past years because the market is in decline and, um, and tax rates are still very low. It kind of goes to what I said earlier. I mean, if we know tax rates are going up in 2026 and if history repeats itself and we're in a new bull market cycle in 2026, uh, you may look back and go, man, Roth conversion was the thing to do and I'm glad I did a larger conversion. As always, convert, or uh, not convert, consult with the CPA prior to doing any conversions because it's going to likely create a taxable event for you. Uh, let's see. Hey, Mart, um, if someone is heavy in liquid cash, is this a good opportunity to buy equities? Well, you know, I, I don't know your specific situation, um, age, proximity to retirement, all that fun stuff. But I will tell you this. When, when you look at the markets in your portfolio, it's not fun when things aren't working, when things are down. But these opportunities only come ever so often. Historically, the markets have been a lot more positive than they've been negative. And so particularly for younger investors, I mean, when people are getting beat up, this is when oftentimes the greatest moment of opportunity shows itself. So you would want to consider the sectors that you want to get into. You want to consider how much you're going to put in month over month, year over year, you want to just consider if you want a dollar cost average or you just want to go all in at one time. So there's different methods. And what I would suggest is you work with a good fiduciary advisor that could help you put a investment plan together and get maybe some of that cash working, or at least, at least spread out across many asset classes that are keeping up with inflation. That'd be my best recommendation. Thanks, Mark. We appreciate that. You know, we've talked a lot today around 
the bank failures and the FDIC and stability and what are some options to to get you know safe money or the money cooking for you and you know the takeaway that uh, there's a real thing I want to leave you with is that the best way to hedge against everything that we've seen politically socially and economically is to truly diversify and I know that word is so overused when you think about financial world but right now there has never been a more important time to be considering diversification and mitigating your exposure to risk and considering how close you are to retirement is your portfolio designed the way it should be based on your stage and age of life if you're living on your portfolio today is it designed to break a sweat and generate income for you are you overly exposed are you too conservative these are all of the things that these type of markets these type of seasons they should be reminding you of these things or at least that you want to take some action it's easy to get complacent and let me tell you what it's easy to get paralyzed and what I mean by that is when things aren't working and you know, fear kind of moves in or emotions around your finances move in it's easy to just get stuck you don't want to make any moves you don't know what to do you don't know what's coming next in some cases you, you, you may not want to make many moves in other cases you may leverage the opportunity that I've talked about today the opportunity in tax rates the opportunity in interest rates and more we're with you every Saturday 11 a.m. I'm Chris Herline of reap financial as always thank you for making this part of your week and until I talk to you guys again next week all the best to you and your families if you're retired or retiring soon tune into wealth radio every Saturday at 1 p.m. the following program is sponsored by reap financial group LLC investment advisory services provided by reap financial group LLC a registered investment advisory firm opinions expressed in this broadcast are provided for information purposes only and may change without prior notice information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed in any way as an endorsement or inducement to invest or an offer to buy or sell any securities. The sales content should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor and tax professional should be consulted before making any investment decisions or implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. The firm only transacts in states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.